Hi everyone, welcome to Cultivating Happiness. My name is Emma Duke and I am your host for this podcast. In this podcast series, we'll be looking at happiness. So what it means, misconceptions about how to achieve it, and also some proven ways to increase happiness in your daily life. I've always had a fascination in studying happiness. I've read a lot of books and watched a lot of documentaries on the subject, and I've even taken a couple courses. So I'm really excited to delve into the world of happiness and share some things that I've learned from the experts. So today we are going to talk about misconceptions about happiness. So that is what you think will make you happier, but actually doesn't. And I want to preface by saying that this this information in this episode is all stuff that I learned from a course I took called The Science of Well-Being. So rest assured, this is all backed up by science and statistics. I am really excited to jump into these misconceptions because I'll say that when I heard these misconceptions get busted, I was legitimately in shock. Like, some of these statistics will shake you to your core. So, um, as I said, I learned about all of these misconceptions from a course I took called The Science of Well-Being. The course was taught online by a Yale professor named Dr. Lori Santos. I took it during that one phase of quarantine where everyone was still like kind of trying to be productive and busy and wake up early, like around April, you know, before the before the Tiger King phase, before the staying in your pajamas all day phase. Um, I'm still in that one. But yeah, anyways, so I think the course is still available and it's free. So if it is still up and running, everyone should definitely check it out and take it because it is super informative. All right, on that note, let's get going. So, misconception number one. The first misconception that we're gonna talk about is the idea that money can buy happiness. Um, I think this is something that everybody has been convinced of to one extent or another. I've definitely thought about this quite a bit myself, um, especially now that I've been introduced to Amazon because of quarantine. But Lori talks about the correlation between money and satisfaction and finds that it's less than 1%. The correlation between money and satisfaction is literally 0.10%. That is such a small number. Um, It almost doesn't seem real. And I I should mention that the number slightly depends on the nation you live in because if you live in a poorer nation, the correlation between satisfaction and money would be higher because people might be using that money to acquire necessities. But for wealthy countries, that's the percentage. One, uh, sorry, 0.10%. And another thing that Lori talks about is that the threshold is $75,000. So that means that if you earn more money than $75,000, you do not statistically become happier. Whereas if you go from earning $25,000 to $60,000, let's say, you might actually become happier. But as soon as you've reached that $75,000, you do not get happier. You're gonna be the same amount of happy when you're making $120,000 as when you were making $75,000. So kids, stop wasting money on lottery tickets. 
I'm saving you money here. Um, so high income doesn't equal happiness, but there's a catch here. It does bring you a life that you think is better. Now, not gonna lie, I don't completely understand how this works, but apparently thinking that you're happy isn't the same as actually being happy, I guess. Thinking you're happy doesn't scientifically change your brain, but you're under the impression that all of these things make you happier. Um, this is something you can debate about. Thinking you're happy is actually enough and close enough to actually achieving happiness. But um, high income doesn't equal happiness, and the correlation between money and satisfaction is less than 1%. So, misconception busted. Now let's move on to number two. This one is one of my favorites, or I guess I should say least favorites, considering my addiction to Amazon. And this one's about awesome stuff. It turns out thinking about awesome stuff, and I, I should clarify, awesome stuff is everything that you think about buying on a Saturday at 3 a.m. when you're on one of those BuzzFeed shopping articles. Yeah, you know the one I'm talking about. Um, like. Everything that's on there, like the wick cutter for your candle, the marble cutting board, the gel nail polish kit. Come on, guys. You know the stuff I'm talking about. Um, but <laughs> thinking about or desiring awesome stuff actually puts you worse off. It actually makes you more sad. And then if you end up buying the thing that you want, you get used to it. Our minds get used to stuff and the item doesn't make us any happier than we were before. But this is one of the um, annoying features of the mind that Dr. Santos talks about. The idea that we don't realize that our minds are built to get used to stuff. We think that the item will make us happier, and not only does it make us worse off when we think about it, but if we buy it, it doesn't actually make us happier because we just get used to it. I feel like I'm disappointing everybody with these statistics. I feel like people are really hoping, counting on the, the taco sleeping bag in their Amazon cart making them happier. But fear not, because, shameless self-promo here, in the next episode, we're gonna talk about what actually makes you happier. And I promise we will talk about ways to be happy. But okay, quick side rant here. I feel like somebody needs to do a study about the happiness level when you make an order on Amazon and then you receive the package. Because I have a theory that like the whole process after you place an order, like the tracking the shipment every two hours, running downstairs every single time you hear the doorbell, opening the door, seeing the package. I feel like there's no way that that does not raise your happiness level. It doesn't even matter if the stuff inside the package makes you happier. I mean, because we know it doesn't. But does the package itself raise your happiness level? I think, yes, personally, I think my happiness skyrockets. Um, I'm gonna find a way to test that out. Moving on to misconception number three. Okay, good grades make you happy and bad grades make you upset. A little side note before we start this. I literally still struggle to believe this one. Like, Lori definitely knows what she's talking about. Let's remember, she's a professor at Yale, she has a PhD, and everything she says in this course is backed up by studies and all this stuff. But I am still wrapping my head around this one because I still don't completely believe it. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure she's right and I'm wrong. But, okay, moving on. So let's say you do a test and you 
finish the test and you're like, yeah, I probably got around like 70%. And then let's say a couple days, days pass and you check your grades and you got 40%. What do you think is going to happen? How do you think that is going to affect you? Well, you'd probably be sad. Or different scenario, let's say you check your grades and let's say that you anticipated that you got 70% and let's say that you got 95%. How do you think that would affect you? You'd probably imagine that it would make you happy. Well, turns out if you get higher than you expect, exactly as you expected or lower than you expect, your level of happiness does not statistically change. Now, I can already see the wheels turning in your head. I know what you're thinking. Emma, last time I got a bad grade, it definitely impacted my happiness because I cried myself to sleep. I know. Well, it might have made you feel a bit worse in that moment, but the change was so small that it had virtually no effect on your happiness. So yeah, that statistic still kind of shocks me, but also makes me feel a little bit better about everything because it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of nice to know that your grades don't really impact your happiness. Definitely not as much as we all think they do. Okay, misconception number three has been busted and moving on to misconception number four. So another common misconception is the idea that both genes and circumstances control our happiness. And no, I don't mean jeans as in the pants. Okay, moving on, moving on. Um, that was my attempt at a joke, yeah. So, the idea that our level of happiness is predecided by our genetics is a really common belief, but it's only partially true. So 50% of happiness is in fact controlled by our genes. So yeah, half, like it's a decent amount, but I think that's a smaller percentage than we all act like it is. How about circumstances? We think circumstances, or we think our life circumstances have a huge impact on our happiness. We're all guilty of this, that we think if we were placed in a different circumstance, we'd be happier. But it turns out that only 10% of our happiness is controlled by circumstances. So genetics and circumstances together account for 60% of our happiness, but what accounts for the other 40%? Our actions and our thoughts. A little less than half of our happiness we are in control of. We can make ourselves happier because 40% of our happiness is controlled by us. Again, I think a big part of the issue is that people just genuinely don't know how to be happier. They don't know what to do to make themselves happier and then they get stuck in these misconceptions about happiness. So once again, next episode, we're gonna talk about what will actually make you happier and how you can train your brain to be happier because that's definitely a big part of it, just being educated and knowing how. Um, but I think it's really important that you know that you do have some control over your happiness, that not all of it is predetermined. It's kind of, um, it's kind of uplifting. Just two misconceptions left. Okay, this one I think is quite interesting too. It's the idea that when we find true love, we'll be happier. Don't pretend you haven't thought this too. And to be honest, I think the Hallmark movies are responsible for this. I mean, obviously not just the Hallmark movies, but like, come on. You have the miserable guy who's, who's like happy when he hangs out with his friends, but then he comes home and sits in his room and plays guitar and, it's always guitar. And then he doesn't really know what the meaning of life is. And, and the girl who's not doing that much better, 
She doesn't really know what's going on in life. She works at her mom's bakery. Why do they all work at their mom's bakeries? Anyways, and then the two, the, the girl and the guy meet and they fall in love and then suddenly they're both perfectly happy and fulfilled and they have their whole lives figured out. And I mean, I've definitely imagined that when I get married, everything else will just kind of fall into place. So unfortunately for me, and maybe for you, that will not be happening because turns out after the first year of marriage, you go back to your regular level of happiness. So it's true that you are statistically happier for the first year, but then after that, you're back down to the level of happiness that you were at before. Um, every single romance movie in the world seriously tricked us with this one. But I think the point is to be responsible for your own happiness. Don't count on being able to rely on somebody else for that. You need to be a complete and happy person by yourself and then somebody can add to that. But when we count on that other person being our happiness, it's only gonna end badly for us. Okay, and we're on to our last misconception and that is, if I had a perfect body, if I had a perfect face, I'd be happy. Wrong. So Lori gives us some statistics about people who have had cosmetic surgery. She says that people who have had cosmetic surgery actually become unhappier after the surgery, not more satisfied. And the same goes for people who participated in weight loss programs. They weren't happier once they reached their goal weight, they were actually unhappier. So the idea of having the perfect body or face and it making you happier isn't really true at all and in some circumstances it can actually make you worse off. So having a perfect body, perfect face isn't going to make you happier but again it's a really common misconception that it will. So those are all the misconceptions we have for today. Just to quickly summarize, we talked about um, money, awesome stuff, grades, genes, true love and appearance and discovered that they don't really have that much of an effect on our happiness, even though we all think they do. So now that you realize that none of these things make you happy, I'm gonna put your hearts back together in the next episode when we talk about what will make you happy. We're gonna talk about some strategies and stuff that works and we might have a special guest for that one may or may not be an actual expert on the topic. Yes. All right, happiness listeners. So be sure to tune in to the next episode and I'll see you next time. Once again, my name is Emma Duke and this has been Cultivating Happiness.